0: Welcome to New Sound Church's weekly podcast. We are a church located in Palm Beach County, Florida, and we are so glad that you're listening with us. For more information about New Sound Church, you can visit our website at www.newsound.church or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, what's going on, New Sound Church? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Josh Maney. I have the amazing privilege of serving here as the lead pastor, and this weekend, I have the opportunity to be in Jacksonville, Florida, where I'm speaking at Elevate Life Church. Now, this church is incredibly special to me for a lot of reasons. One, their pastor, Pastor Tim and Crystal Stair, who are actually here with us this weekend, have been friends of mine for a long time because we live on opposite sides of Florida, but on the same side of the state, we were able to switch this weekend so that I could go spend some time with his church and team and so that he could spend some time with ours. Tim has been an incredible friend for a long time, but he's building one of the most amazing churches in the state of Florida right now. A lot of what we have in terms of the way we understand systems and small groups and and, and growth track and Freedom Conference, and we have learned from them as we've watched them over the years. They've been an invaluable resource. But more than that, the closer you get to Tim, the more you're going to find an amazing heart for God, an amazing dad, and an amazing husband. I don't know that New Sound Church would be what it is without a guy like Tim Stare in my life. I can tell you this with 100% integrity. On my best days, he is the phone call that I get. And on my worst days, he is the phone call that I get. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are in for an amazing treat because I don't know a better preacher on the planet. So I want to invite you to get on your feet and give a huge new sound welcome to my friend, Pastor Tim Stare. Come on, give it up. Come on and praise Jesus. Come on. Come on and praise Jesus.
1: Amen. He is worthy. You can have a seat. Let me go ahead and apologize uh, for not being Pastor Josh. <laughs> I know you're disappointed, as you ought to be, uh, because, um, man, you have an amazing pastor. I know you know that if you're new here, you've got to come back next week. He'll be back next week. And, um, wow, uh, Pastor Josh and Kim Monty are, uh, that introduction I felt like was um, a little over the top, a lot of bit over the top, and maybe some. I'm not saying he doesn't, you know, t- say the truth, but um, I felt like it might have been a little bit of a stretch. And um, But all of those things are true about about he and uh, and Kim. They're amazing people. And I remember uh, first meeting uh, Pastor Joshua uh, several years ago. And um, we were, uh, at the time, we lived in different states, and uh, it's the first time I ever met him. And as soon as I met him, I just knew he was one of those people that I, was, uh, that I wanted to know for the rest of my life and that we were going to be friends for a long time. And so just such an honor to be able to be here and to see firsthand what God is doing here at New Sound. Man, we're so proud of just the move of God that is happening here in Palm Beach County. I hope you realize how special that is. Uh, This doesn't happen like this just doesn't happen. It's just what God is doing here really is special. God's hand is on this church in this moment and I'm just I'm proud to be able to be just uh, just be able to be here today and see it, um, Pastor Josh serves on our board of overseers, so um, he's not only a friend of mine, he also serves our church, and he's one of the guys who can actually fire me. So, I love you, Pastor Josh. You're amazing, wherever you are. Yeah, who's recording? Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just I'm so glad to be here. Um, I um, I didn't know if you know, I just didn't know. Sometimes you go to a new place, you don't know how you're going to fit in. So we were on the ride here, and uh, we, got, um, we got the crew with us today. Matter of fact, I got a picture of my, of my fam. I think there's some. There they are. Come on, obligatory awe. Uh, uh, Aww. I am so, man, I so much wanted to be like Josh Monty. We were, so, we were just like, we're going to be like Pastor Josh and Kim when we grow up. We were so committed to that that basically every time they had a kid, we, we, we were like, okay, we're going to have another one. And... Um, I'm just glad two and a half years ago they tapped out because I was committed. I told my wife, if they roll six deep, we're going. If they go eight, we're in because we, I just want to be like I want that anointing on my life. And praise God, they decided to, to, uh, to, to, to stop the process. So we, uh, so we did too. And, um, and so we're, we're, uh, we're glad to be here. I, we were driving in. We got the kids, so we're staying over by the beach, and uh, so we got a little drive, and on the way in, and I'm just wondering, like, ah, you know, um, my people, like, at this point, my church knows me. The ones who don't like me aren't there anymore, <laughs> the one, you know, and the ones who tolerate me are still around, and they, you know, but, you know, new church and new people, and, you know, you're all just like, I don't know if they're going to like me. I don't know if these are going to be like, you know, my people, you know, places are like, these are my people, and because uh, I'm from North Florida, which is, you know, like, South Georgia masquerading as Florida. And um, it's just a different, little bit different, you know, environment. And I uh, was riding in and uh, driving in and uh, was so excited. I saw this jacked up F-250. We ended up pulling right behind this big jacked up F-250. And I told Crystal, I was like, babe, it's going to be all right. Like we, like this is cause I'm from a little place on the middle of nowhere, not far from where our church is. And, and, uh, that's all, you know, like it's just redneck trucks everywhere. That's what, you know, and I was like, look, some of our people are here. And when you know it, then people turned in to new sound church right in front of us. I was like, we're going to be all right. So, um, to whomever that is with the obnoxiously large truck, um, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. I feel at home. Um, I'm glad I'm glad to be uh to be able to be here and speaking in this in this series, um, uh, running with the giants. Uh, and and one of the things Pastor Josh uh, said a couple weeks ago in this series that I thought was so I just I loved it. Just held on to it. You know he said the Bible is not, it's it's not this like these people in the Bible are not this group of exceptions. They're examples, not exceptions. And I love that because I think sometimes we think when we see these characters, we see these men and women of faith in the scriptures, we see them at, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, that was them, but you don't understand my life and how messed up I am or how problematic this part of my life is or weak I am in this situation. And I love the fact that uh, the Bible is full of people who were way crazier than you. And just more messed up than honestly, but some of those anointed people of God were really—they just had so many issues. And yet, God used them. So we shouldn't—we shouldn't look at them as well. They're the—they're ex- the—you the, know—the exception that they're the example. And if God can do it with them, He can do it with me. And uh, Pastor Josh is. Uh, he uh, just, you know, kicked us off with, I think, Samson, right? And then we did Abraham. Then last week, Pastor Dave Sumrall, uh came with, um, with a word on Moses and a shirt that was about two sizes too small. Let's be real. Let's just be real. If you're not laughing, it's because you weren't here last week. Pastor Dave is amazing, and um, he's a very large human being. Um, he and I actually have very similar physiques. I just decided to wear a shirt that is a little less revealing, so... I want, today I want, to, I want to talk about a character I want us to learn from and hear from the example of a man in the Scripture. That I think sometimes when we do these kind of, you know, these giants of faith, this guy, especially when we're looking at the Old Testament record, this guy gets overlooked a little bit. By the way, anytime a church gives you a sweat rag, that means this is your license to re- for real preach, if you didn't know. This is, the, this is the, okay, I don't know. Like, this wasn't even on here for the nine o'clock. I feel like the nine o'clock was the sleepy crowd. Y'all must be rowdy because they gave me, they gave me the preaching rag. So don't, don't, I've got my expectations high now, so you just got to come up here and meet them. Um, I think sometimes when we think about these, you know, these giants of the faith, that this guy gets overlooked because he didn't end well. Uh, but the truth is, he was, uh, he was a mighty man of faith. He was a giant in more ways than one. Most of the giants that we read about in Scripture, people of unusual size and stature in the Old Testament, most of them were the enemies of God, but there was one man who stood head and shoulders above all the rest who was uh, a king of Israel, the first king of Israel. He broke the box. Uh, he paved the way. He was a trailblazer, and, uh, and I want to talk today about a man named Saul, and I want to talk about his journey to, to the kingship. Um, and we're going to read in 1 Samuel chapter 9 this journey he takes, a literal journey he takes that ends, spoiler alert, he ends at a table. He ends with uh, getting anointed as the king over Israel, the very first king that Israel ever had. But it, when he starts out, he's, in the, he's out in the middle of nowhere at his dad's little farm, and he's a nobody from nowhere when the chapter starts. And, and within one chapter's time, he becomes the king of Israel. And I want to talk about that journey pursuing our purpose and finding kind of God's place for our lives and his calling for our lives. Because every single one of us here, maybe you're not called to be the first king of Israel, but every one of us have been called to something. And I think sometimes we have certain assumptions about how we get there and how we find it. And I think a lot of times we think that that the, the way we get from where we are to where God's called us to be is a straight line between A and B. But I found that oftentimes the pursuit of my purpose is uh, is fraught with problems and twists and turns, and, and I want I want us to see that today. First uh, Samuel chapter nine. I'm just going to read the first three verses, and then uh, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll walk through a few more in our time together. Uh, first service. I didn't see my countdown clock, and um, so uh, that's going to be my excuse again. This one. <laughs> first Samuel chapter nine, beginning with verse one. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish. And Kish had a son named Saul. As handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. He was fine, y'all. He was hot. He was, I don't know what the what the young folks say. What do y'all say today, young folks? He was dripping with all the sauce. He was like, I don't know, but he was. And he was a head taller Than anyone else. We're gonna run with a giant today. He walked into a room and commanded attention. He stood above all the rest. He stood out among everybody else. And even though everyone else saw that this man was fine and he was tall, dark, handsome, he was all of that he didn't see himself that way. And he certainly did not see himself the way God saw him. And this journey is not just a journey for him to find his purpose, but to find an appropriate perspective on who he was. Verse three, now the donkeys, (laughs) it's a turn that's unexpected. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. That's we're going to stop today. Actually, I want to read verse 3 again. I want to read verse 3 again, but this time I want to read it in a different version. I know One of the things I love about our church, I know it's the same with your church, is that uh, it's full of people from a lot of different backgrounds. I love, I love that because I, when I grew up in church, every, everybody was like, they all looked the same, talked the same believe the same, like they all be like, we'd all been in the same church, like their whole lives, they, you know, just, and I love being a part of a church community filled with the family of God, that sometimes the only thing we seem to have in common is Jesus, <laughs> and we come from like, and, and I think the world, I think it's a beautiful picture, because the world looks at it and says, how, why, like, what do you got to do with that one, how are you, get, like, you're here, and they're there, and you come from here, and they come from there, and what is it that brings you together, and the only answer is Jesus, and I think that's what the, Yeah, what the church is supposed to be about. So I know we come from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different church backgrounds, religious backgrounds. I know some of you came up Catholic, some of you came up maybe Baptist, some of you came up Presbyterian, some of you came up heathen, and... And you're here today and whatever your background that's awesome. I grew up old school. I grew up holiness and I grew up old school and, and we were old school in a lot of different ways. I feel like I can go old school. I can go toe to toe. I feel like, you know, the way the Apostle Paul in the epistles would be like, I'll go up against any of you. Like I'm the most Jewish Jewish guy in the world. That was the Apostle Paul in, in, in the epistles. I feel like I'm like, that's me. old too. Like, I'm, I, like I'll, I'll old school anybody. And so there's a lot of things that that meant. One of the things that meant is that we preach from the King James version. The pastor I grew up under used to say, he said, it's serious business, mister. That's how he said it. He was talking about the Lord, talking about heaven and hell, talking about whatever. It was always, it's just serious business, mister. And I wish I had a preacher voice like that, but. So, so the King James Version is just like my spiritual, like this is the, my, my mother tongue, like, you know, and so I'll pray. A lot of times I'm praying and it's taking a long time and people think it's because I'm praying for a lot of things. I'm like, I'm just, I may be just be praying like one sentence. It just takes longer to say it because every word has an extra ETH on the end. Lordeth. Thou with artist it's just that's but king james just I grew I grew up in that I memorized a lot of scripture in that context so a lot of times the scripture I've memorized I have to unking james them on the fly cuz that's how really I've got how I've got to memorize so for me it'll just make me more comfortable if I can because it's where I'm going to launch out of today, take my title from today. It'll make me more comfortable if it's okay um, to read verse three in my native kind of, you know, religious tongue, which is the King James authorized King James version. Now that non-author, I don't bring that nearly inspired version NIV up into our old school church I'm talking about 1611. I always wonder, man, it was really, it must have really, really stunk to be a Christian for the first millennia and a half of Christianity because they didn't even have the real Bible. <laughs> so now that I've thrown shade at the King James only, folks, I'm going to throw them a bone, okay? So, King James, verse 3 in the King James. And the asses of Kish, just we're just reading the Bible. That's, we're just, just reading the Bible. The asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to, his, to Saul, his son, take now one of the servants with thee and arise, go seek the asses. Uh, I was going to take my title. I was actually going to use that last phrase for my title. I was going to have you high five your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, go seek the asses. Um, but Pastor Josh told me that some of you would take that the wrong way. And you would be looking for something else. And so so my title today, if you're taking down notes, (laughs) I'm in trouble. Uh, My title today is On Assignment. Uh, And what I want to show you today is that every destiny has a donkey. And every assignment has an, you said it. Uh, that the path to finding your purpose is oftentimes led through pain and disappointment and difficulty. And I want to I show it to you real quickly. I think Saul, if he were, were here with us, he would encourage us to find our purpose, but to look for it maybe in unexpected places and unexpected ways. Let's pray before we jump in. Father, forgive us for the King James cussing and uh, Lord, uh, but I do thank you. I thank you that uh, you are able to bring us to the place that you have for us, and you are able to use anything and everything in our lives—the difficulties, the disappointments, the people who hurt us, the things that in the moment seem like a distraction—you can use it as the doorway to our destiny. We pray then today that you would help us take one more step closer to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, "Amen." Amen. amen. Let's let's jump in. I really do believe that. I believe that. Every destiny has a donkey. We'll go with the NIV from here on out so we can keep it sanctified. Uh, That that every, if you are going to find your purpose, it is going, you will be oftentimes ushered into your purpose by means of pain and suffering and challenges and unexpected twists and turns. And I want to share with you three particular uh, places or things that I think God that saw if he were here, he would tell you God can God can lead you into your assignment, your God-given purpose, his plan for your life, his purpose for you. God will lead you through some specific things in your life. And the first one we see it in in, in chapter 9, verses 3 and verse 4. We read verse 3, the donkeys were missing. And so in verse 4, Saul begins the journey. He he starts off to to find the missing donkeys. And in verse 4 it says, so he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. So they went on into the district of Sha'alim, but the donkeys were not there. They're no doubt looking for the donkeys in places where they expect the donkeys to be, perhaps places where they had had donkeys uh, escape to before and found them before. Then they passed to the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. If you're writing down notes, I don't know if you do that here, but if you're writing down notes, the first one, the first thing I think Saul would tell us about our assignment is that oftentimes my assignment is revealed through my problems. My assignment is oftentimes revealed through my problems. The problem was that the donkeys were missing, and not only were the donkeys missing, but they found, uh, they found themselves uh, uh, unable to be found and unwilling to, uh, to be found. And so uh, Saul is in pursuit of this problem. He is in pursuit of these missing donkeys. And again, the journey ends with him at a table with the prophet Samuel, eating. A, a, a sacred meal and having anointing oil, oil poured over his head and becoming the first king of Israel. That's where that's where it it ends, but it begins with a problem. And I found that a lot of times your purpose actually starts with a problem. And so if you if you have the wrong assumption about the asses, the donkeys, the situations in your life, if you don't see the assignment in it, if you don't realize that there May be purpose behind this problem. See, because donkeys, just by nature, they're problematic animals. We got anybody anybody in the house own donkeys. I, I, I wouldn't ask that, but first service we had people in the third row who have donk own donkeys. I'm like, see, y'all are my people. That's why I, I can say y'all here because. If you have donkeys, I'm assuming you understand the word y'all, which is a perfectly good conjunction. And uh, they confirmed all of my teaching on donkeys, so, um, so the, the donkey experts here in the church um, have this is all for real. Donkeys, you, 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 you probably, even if you don't own donkeys, you kind of know about donkeys. Donkeys have a certain rep, and it's not a positive rep. Back in, uh, like, 1611, when King James authorized the King James Version, and, and he wrote, you know, they wrote 1 Samuel chapter 9. Um, they used the word um, that they used, and it just, all it meant back in the day was donkey. The animal. There's a reason that we use that word today to describe a difficult, ornery, nasty person. Because donkeys are that, they're, they're difficult, they're, 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 they're stubborn, a lot of times they're, they're, the assumption is that they're stupid, a dumb mule, a stupid donkey. Uh, but the truth is, people who study donkeys will tell you that donkeys aren't actually stupid. Donkeys, and they're really not, it's not that they're so much stubborn, uh, their stubbornness, what is perceived as stubbornness is actually, uh, 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 people who study donkeys say that the, the donkey has one of the most highly developed senses of self-preservation in the animal kingdom. And so they're, they're not not doing whatever you're trying to get them to do because they're dumb. They're not doing whatever you you're trying to get them to do because it's dumb. And you're dumb. And so they they are always running a risk analysis on any given situation and if at any point they perceive this could be injurious to me this could lead to my pain or even my death i'm not going to do it and a horse if you pull out a carrot a horse will do whatever you want it to do you can have a bag full of carrots you can pull out like whatever like the donkey's like i'm not no i'm i'm good i'm going to have to take a hard pass on the you know climbing up the side of this mountain i'm like no You know the only other animal that has a more highly developed sense of self-preservation in the animal kingdom? It's you. It's us. I found that, that the thing that we hate about donkeys is the thing that makes donkeys a lot like us. Is that I am really stubborn about being about me. And about my own self-preservation, and I'm always analyzing a situation, and what's in it for me, and how's this going to turn out for me. And the truth is, every morning when I look in the mirror, I see the King James Version, donkey, Stubborn and selfish and self-absorbed and all about me. But the thing I love about this story is that it's not just that a problem led Saul to his purpose, but it wasn't even Saul's problem that led Saul to Saul's purpose. It was his daddy's donkeys that got out. I love that because I have found that if I live my life like a donkey and I'm only worried about my own issues and my own self-preservation, that it will actually keep me. Donkeys never get to their death destiny but if I will live my life for some if I will become the solution for somebody else's problem that problem becomes the pathway to my purpose if I don't just serve I'm just telling you some of you you look at a problem and you say that's not my problem you look the donkeys got out those are not my donkeys you look at needs in our community, those are my needs. You see poverty, not my poverty. You see problems, not my problems. It's like my kids. There's a mess upstairs invariably. I'm going to ask her, hey, you need to clean this up. It's not my mess. I didn't make that mess. And Abby made that mess. And Abby's like, Elijah made that mess. Elijah and Micah made that mess. And Micah just now, she's, just, she's not even two yet, she's just now starting to be able to talk. And so she's like, no Micah mess. Nobody wants to. It's not my mess. If I at any moment feel like I have less than 50 percent equity in this problem, then it's not my problem. But I've found that not only my problems can lead me to my purpose, but even my willingness to be the solution for somebody else's problems can lead me. So I'm just telling you, if you're not serving on the team, you should be. If you're not serving your community, you should be. Because maybe, maybe the fact that you see the problem, maybe, maybe it's the journey where you're just trying to help somebody else be a blessing, be faithful. Just do what daddy sent you to do, the father sent you to do. And while you're doing that, your purpose just, I I, I love it. I love it. I, I love the fact that it didn't, it didn't work out the way Saul wanted to. I love the fact that he's looking for donkeys and everywhere he looks for donkeys, they're not there. And again, the, the, the assumption is there's an expectation. This is the hill country of Ephraim. This is, this is not just a stroll through the countryside. This is a hike. These, this, is, this is treacherous terrain. This is mountainous uh, 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 transport. They are climbing mountains up to plateaus with the hope and expectation that the donkeys will be there so we can go back home and go back to our lives. How many of you know that young Saul... A young man, he probably wasn't really excited about donkey chasing right now. This is what he had to do, not really what he wanted to do. And so he's hoping this is the place. And, and behind door number one, Shalisha, not there. Shaalim, maybe. Here's the place. I'm going to finally get these donkeys, be able to get back home, get back to my life. Not there. Benjamin, not there. And I love the fact that Saul's destiny... Was, was determined by a lot of shut doors. I love the fact, because can I be honest with you, every door that God has ever swung open in my life, I mean really like a God door, like swung wide open, like the only answer for that was God. Because at the end of this story, Saul is at a table he should not be with, receiving an anointing that he shouldn't have. None of this is going to make sense. It's going to be a God-only kind of moment. But But before that great yes, there were a whole lot of no's. And I found that if I can see my problem the way God sees my problem that when a door shuts I'm not saying it's going to feel good but maybe I can join the apostle Paul who says most gladly therefore will I rather rejoice in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake for when I'm weak then I'm strong. Let me put it like this. Some of you, that, that beautiful wife you're sitting beside, that handsome husband that you right now are in church beside, can we be real for a minute? That's not the first one you wanted. Now, this is the place in the message where you look utterly confused. You're doing a great job of it right there. Just like, yeah, that's, that's the look you want to do. You want to do like, girl, baby, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I, Like, he's talking about somebody else, girl. I don't know what. But the truth is that there, in some season gone by, there you are pleading with God, Lord, please let her be the one. God, please let that, I would just, if, he's my, if he would be my man, I would be so happy. Like you are asking God to make this, is, this is marriage material right here. This is my, like, this is it. She's the one. And, and it didn't work out. And now look at the beautiful person you're beside. And, 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 and you know what happened? What will happen is like, you know, about 17 years later, You'll be, you'll be you know, pushing the cart around the, the produce aisle in Publix, and you'll come face to face with your former prayer. The donkey you were chasing. NIV, we'll go with NIV. Come face to face with her or with him. And you know what I hate? Like, you look at him, and all of a sudden, you're like, what happened? You realize the years have not been kind to them and you're like, "Oh, and you're trying not you're trying to make sure your face doesn't tell them what your mind is thinking and like, "Oh, I got to fix my face right now because I'm in utter shock like you look bad." You're like, "Yeah." You know, but so we're going to exchange pleasantries and I'm going to like ask how, you know, and man, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad you're doing well. And you're going to go your way and I'm going to go my way and I'm going to turn it right around the bread. And on the other side of the bread, I'm going to have me a praise break right there in Publix because I thank you, God, that you blocked that thing that I wanted so bad. And you shut that door that I tried to barge open. Come on. One great theologian I love said some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered. Come on. Who, my, my, my jacked up truck brother, you, you, he, he might be the only one who knows the great theologian Garth Brooks. Sometimes you've got to let a door shut in your face, and you're not like, if God meant for this to be where my purpose was, the door would open. And if He didn't, then I'm gonna keep walking. And maybe the way I get down the hallway is one no at a time. And maybe God's got to close some doors before He can open that one. And maybe it's my problems and my pains and my disappointments that push me into my purpose. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying maybe the donkeys, maybe maybe there's purpose behind it. Maybe the whole purpose. Saul will never find those donkeys, by the way, because it wasn't about the donkeys. It was about the journey that they led him on, ultimately leading him to his place. So he's going, and it's no, 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 and it's disappointment after disappointment. Some of you are in the, mo- in the middle of that. You've been chasing some, You've been seeking some. You, this is it. This has got to be it, and then it's not it. And how do you handle that? And Saul's at the place in verse 5 when he's ready to give up. We've all been there. Where it's just the disappointment is too much. The repetitive failure is too much. Verse 5, he says to his servant who went with him, let's go home, man. I'm done with this. I'm done climbing mountains only to come back empty handed. I'm done looking for something that I can never find. I'm done hoping and believing and setting my expectation and coming to church and praying and, Lord, th- maybe this is it, and then it not being it, and I just can't handle it anymore. And besides that, dad's probably getting worried about us. But in verse six, the Bible says, The servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. Perhaps he will tell us what way. To take, Saul's ready to tap out, but his servant says, "Let's just go one town further. Let's just go a little bit further, because I think in this next town, I think there, there's supposed to be a prophet there or something, and and maybe I don't know, but maybe maybe that's where we could find out what we're supposed to do next. Let's just go a little further. And so they go into the town, and in a bit of uh, biblical irony: the Bible is is uh, oftentimes filled with ironic uh, in the moment you don't see the irony but in retrospect or from God's point of view you it's it's always funny because they're looking for the prophet and then they walk into the town and they meet a guy and it's Samuel the prophet and they're asking Samuel where Samuel where the prophet lives hey you know where the prophet lives and i really i'm convinced that when you when you look back at your life when your life is done you're going to look back at your life and you're going to be lo- you're going to look back and be like oh god bless him that's what we say in nor- in, in south georgia north florida Oh, bless his heart. You don't realize how stupid you were. <laughs> You're asking the prophet where the prophet lives because you don't even realize that God has ushered you into the presence of the person that you need to be with. And you don't even realize it yet. And so the prophet looks at him in verse 19. He was like, oh, man, I, I, I'm the guy. I'm your man. I'm the seer. And then he says this, today you will eat with me. And in the morning, I will send you on your way and I will tell you. All that is in your heart. I love verse 20 because he, like, he does this Jedi thing in verse 20. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, <laughs> do not worry about them. They have been found. If you're writing down notes, here's the second thing that I think Saul would encourage us with, and that is to realize that my assignment is often revealed through my people, and more specifically through the right people in my life and around my life. In fact, I'm convinced that some of us are trying to pursue our purpose in isolation. And I'm telling you that not like just most of the time, but 100%, you will never reach the places where God has called you to by yourself. You won't get there. You can't get there. Whether it's in family or business or faith, you will never get there alone. You're going to need people on this journey. And Saul had two people on this journey who were instrumental he had a servant and he had a prophet. And the servant encouraged him forward. The servant was a pusher. The servant, when Saul wanted to turn back and go back and 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 retreat and return, it was the servant who said, "Hey, I'm like, like, listen, I'm I'm just I'm with you for the ride, and wherever you go, I'm there. And so, like, you're the boss, but maybe we shouldn't quit right now. Maybe we should go. Maybe this next town is the key. Maybe this next step is the breakthrough. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't stop coming to church right now when it's getting difficult. Maybe we should push on." a little bit closer. Maybe we should push in a little bit harder. Maybe we need God more in this season than any season. And you need some people in your life when you're ready to back up that they're going to push you forward. Everybody needs that. We need, we all need a personal trainer, except Dave Summerall last week. Uh, The rest of us all need you need somebody in your life who will who will be barking at you like, come on, you got one come on, one more rep, one more rep, one more rep. And you know, personal trainers can't count because you do one more rep and then they're like, one more. I thought the last one was one more. But for a personal trainer, one more rep plus one more rep always equals one more rep. Come on, one more rep, one more set. You can do more. Let's go further. And some of you don't have pushers in your life, some of you got pullers in your life. Some of you got people in your life, you're trying to step forward in faith. You're trying to walk in, you're trying to do this Jesus thing. And if you're honest, they're pulling you back. They're pulling you to your old way of living and your old way of thinking and your old way of being. And I'm just telling you, if you don't get some if you don't get some people who believe more than you believe that there's something great ahead of you and are willing to stand behind you. And I'm just gonna be honest with you, I wouldn't be here today. Our church in Jacksonville wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for a pusher. In my life, I was ready to quit. We were trying to plant the church. We didn't know what we were doing. We'd never been trained. We were stupid, like Saul, stupid, like, oh, bless his heart. I mean just doing dumb stuff and and didn't know what we were doing and I was ready to quit I told I told my wife I said babe I'm sorry for dragging you here'm I'm, so, I'm sorry for us doing this whole like we quit our jobs we moved we did all of this stuff to plant this church and it was stupid obviously I'm not called to this and we'll I'm gonna fix it and I don't know what's next but we'll find it and I'm sorry for the whole process I'm sorry for all the shut doors I'm sorry for all the no's. I'm sorry for all the people who ju- got on our team and then left our team. I'm sorry for all the things I thought it was going to work out, but it didn't. Obviously, this is not for me. Obviously, I'm not called out to plant plant a church. I'm turning around and she looked at me. I'll never forget the place where we were on on a walk and she looked at me and she said, no, you won't. And she said, I know the anointing that's on your life and I don't know why these doors have closed, but I believe God still has something ahead of us and you're going to keep going. And my wife's from New York. So when she says we're going to keep going, it means we're going to keep going. And she pushed me, and I wouldn't be here today if she hadn't pushed me. I'm just telling you, some of you, if listen, if you don't have the right people around you, when you want to quit, you'll quit. The first time you face adversity or maybe the third time you try to open a door and it's not there the way you hoped it would be, you'll be ready to tap out. But you need some people around you who believe that breakthrough is one step away and I'm not going to let you quit until you get all that God has for you. The, the servant pushed him forward, but the prophet, the prophet pushed inward. The prophet said to him, you got to have people who will push you forward, but you also have to have people in your life who will push inward. The prophet said, I'm going to, so let's go eat, and after we eat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you everything that's in your heart. But before he tells him what's in his heart, he has to tell him what's on his mind. Because the truth is, a lot of us never get to the things that are in our hearts because we're obsessed with the things that are on our mind. And if I can be really real, for real, for real, right now, some of you, some of you can't even really hear what God would say to you this morning because you're so consumed with what's on your mind what happened last week, what's waiting for you at work tomorrow. And I'm not saying that the donkeys don't matter, but I am saying at some point in order for us, in order for God to speak to what's in your heart, in order for God to speak to the things that really matter, the eternal things, the lasting things in your life. At some point he said, said, I'm going to tell you what's in your heart. But before I tell you what's in your heart, I have to go ahead and, hey, forget, don't worry about the donkeys. I got those. We found them. Stop worrying about what is top of mind so we can go a little bit deeper and we can talk about what's in your heart. You have to. He, he said, I'm looking for the seer. He said, I am the seer. You need some seers in your life who can see what you don't see. That's what a seer does. They see things around you you don't see. That's that's why you need somebody uh, riding shotgun. You need somebody in another seat on your bus. It's called a blind spot for a reason. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that from your seat there are some things you will not be able to see. I don't even know what's going on over here with my hand, and it's because I like I'm not a catfish. I don't have eyes. I can't see everything at the same time. I got to have people who see, hey, I'm about to change lanes. Is that a good idea? No, the jacked up truck is coming. You're going to get run over. Hey, I'm thinking about sleeping with this person. Um, yeah, no, man, that's a bad idea. Hey, I'm thinking about going here. Uh, there's a giant truck coming this way. Don't do it. You got to have people in your life who can see some stuff that you don't see, and you let them see it, and you let them say it. Hey, I'm seeing some stuff. And not only this, the, the, the damaging things or the challenging things, not just people in your life who can speak to you when, when maybe you're about to make a really dumb decision, but also the people who can see the greatness inside of you and the potential and the purpose inside of you. I'm going to tell you what's inside of you tomorrow because you don't even know. In fact, in fact, Saul was convinced that he was nobody from nowhere. When, when Samuel invites him to the table, to a VIP spot, to the head of the table, we'll see in a minute, Saul doesn't think he deserves to be there because he doesn't realize the anointing. That on his life and you need some people around you who can look inside of you when you don't see any good thing and can see the goodness in you, the anointing of God on you, the purpose of God in your life and say, God's got something for your life. You don't understand. I just, I just came through a divorce. You don't understand. I just did this terrible thing. God isn't finished with you. God has put something inside of you and I'm going to tell you what it is. And I'm just telling you, listen, if you're trying to do this thing alone, you don't have pushers and prophets in your life, you better you better find them right now. And you couldn't be in a better place to find them. You couldn't. All, I'm telling you, there are people in this church, if you will let them, they will be the people that pushes you to one more step. The step that ends up being your breakthrough. They'll be the people who see something in you and say, hey, listen, there's purpose inside of you. All that pain that didn't happen for a reason, God's going to use it. Pro, the, 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 the servant said, let's go a little bit further. The prophet said, God, there. He said, I'm the guy you're looking for. And um, we're going to have a talk. But first, let's eat. And he brings him to the table. And that's where we will conclude today. In verse 22, the Bible says, Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of the table. And in verse 24, the cook took up the thigh with what was on it. Scholars debate about what the meaning is uh, explicitly of that Hebrew phrase, with what was on it. Uh, many of them believe it was some kind of sauce. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. This, I'm just, in my assumption, this is barbecue. <laughs> he took up the thigh with the sauce that was on it and set it in front of Saul. And Samuel said, here is what, get this, get this, get this. Here is what has been kept for you eat because it was set aside for you for this occasion from the time i said i have invited guests eat the thing that has been prepared for you and set aside for you and it's been kept for you and i but you didn't even know i was coming but god did so while you were struggling it was simmering come on while you were struggling it was in the smoker come on somebody barbecue don't get ready overnight which is a whole different discussion. I wish I had a minute. Whole different discussion. I know a lot of y'all, a lot of you are, you're from the north. Welcome. We're, we're glad you made it here to Florida, God's country. Um, but we got to have a conversation. All right? And this is a, it's a, it's an issue I have with my wife's family. They're great people. Um, not everything that happens on the grill is barbecue. We, just, we, need, we need to talk about this thing. If you if you can cook it in 10 minutes it's not barbecue. Don't don't invite me over to a barbecue and be, and then and then it be burgers and dogs. You like we can grill. You want to grill, just tell me we're grilling. Don't tell me we barbecuing and all you got is a burger or a dog. No, baby, barbecue is low and slow. Barbecue, you, you don't do that thing 10 minutes ahead of time. You do that thing 10 days ahead of time. You get that meat, piece of meat marinating and in the brine. And come on. I'm sorry, that's a pet, I just little. Which means they didn't, just, they didn't just break this out of the freezer. They just, they just bring this, they just break open a ha- pack of hot dogs. This is barbecue. This has been smoking and simmering. Come on, somebody. Barbecue chicken. Yes. Collard greens. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I trust South Florida collard greens. My mama, uh, mama sets a high bar. Uh, baked beans, macaroni and cheese. I, I told him this was for an illustration, but the reality is because I get hungry after I preach. So we're going to get out of here in a second. I'm about to eat. It didn't get cooked when he got there. It, it got cooked before he ever showed up. So while doors were closing, his portion was cooking. While he was getting ready to quit, God was getting it ready for him. I wonder how many of you, I wonder how it would change your perspective about your journey if you understood right now while you're in the crucible of, of adversity and trouble and trial, if you only understood what God right now, while he's preparing you for it, he's preparing it for you. And when you get in your place, that's the last thing. If you're writing down notes, it's the last thing I want you to write down. A lot of times our assignment is revealed through our placement. When he sat when he was seated in his reserved seat, he was served his reserved portion. He took up the thigh. I said, I said Hey, that piece, come on, praise God. Someone <laughs> said, Hey, that piece I, I told you to set aside, that piece that. You've been been slow cooking. That piece I told you, don't serve it to anybody. That piece I told you, it's got somebody's name on it. I know they're not here yet. I know they're out there somewhere with the donkeys. And I know right now they're in depression. I know right now they don't think God's got anything for them. And they're about to quit. And they're actually suicidal right now. And they don't think that God could ever do anything with them. That person, that's the one we've been saving this for. And they just walked in the door. And so the cook took it up and dropped Saul's portion on his plate. There are two things. Two reasons I think we never really find fulfillment. Why we don't find our place and we don't find our portion. One of them is because we don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm enough. That was initially Saul's problem. He sits him at the head of the table. I'm, I'm nobody from nowhere. And we don't feel like I'm enough. Some of you, some of the insecurity that you carry with you, if you let it, You will disqualify yourself from things that God has prepared for you from before the foundation of the earth. And if you only knew how he sees you, Saul, you are not nobody from nowhere. You are the very first king of all of Israel. You are a man of might and power. You are God's anointed. And if you would start to see yourself the way God sees you, you would realize that you can sit down with anybody. He'll make a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He will feed you with all fullness. Some of us don't feel like we're enough. I'm not enough. Some of us, though, the reason we don't get all that God has for us isn't because we, we feel like I'm not enough. It's because we feel like it's not enough. We actually feel like I'm, I'm actually too good for this. I don't, I, don't, I don't find fullness in my portion because I'm so fixated on yours. I don't sit in my seat because I'm trying so hard to get in yours. I don't, I don't enjoy my own calling because all I'm doing is scrolling through Instascam A Fake book and and looking at your highlight reels and wishing I had your life and wishing I had man I would look at Pastor Josh man look at that great church he's got down in Wellington Florida well we were rolling in and uh, Noah wanted to call this church Beef Wellington Beef Wellington Church I was like well look at them in Beef Wellington they got the nice palm trees. Look at them with their big house and their nice family. And look at them. They didn't go through what we went through. And look at them and you're looking at somebody's highlight reel. And you're looking at somebody. What, it's, it's, what, it's what we all do. Like when we were kids in school and you pull out your lunchbox and whatever you got. You know the very first thing that we do. You pull out what's on your lunchbox. The first thing we do is look over to somebody else and what you got. And you are looking at somebody's Lunchable. And God has put barbecue on your plate, and you and you can't even enjoy what you got because you're worried about somebody's crackers and cheese and processed ham. And I just came to tell somebody, listen, your purpose is in your portion. You're, when you find your place and you are satisfied, God, I want to be who you called me to be. I want to walk in your purpose for my life. When I appreciate mine, I can celebrate yours. When you find yourself unable to celebrate somebody else's blessing, it's probably because you have not yet really fully appreciated yours. When I can look at all that God has put on my plate and I can say, "Look how the Lord has blessed me," I can join David in Psalm 16 when he says, "The boundary lines have fallen from me in pleasant places. Surely I have a beautiful inheritance. I love my life. I love what I get to. I love my family. I'm grateful for what I've got, and I might not have everything, but I've got everything I need." And i I'm not going to live in I'm not enough or it's not enough because I know he's more than enough. Because in the end, they weren't eating chicken. They were eating what was left over after a ceremonial offering to God, which means this was most likely a lamb. Which means the whole time I was chasing donkeys. It was a donkey that brought me to a lamb. And if you don't know the lamb in the scriptures, the Bible says Jesus is the lamb of God. I want us to pray today before we get out of here. But I just want to offer that maybe all the chases, some that came up empty and you were disappointed, you didn't get what you wanted. Maybe the reason you were disappointed is because you were hoping for something that only God could fulfill in your life. Some of you experienced a high greater, a much greater disappointment, not the disappoint, disappointment of not getting what you wanted, but the disappointment of getting everything you wanted and realizing it still wasn't enough. Maybe the disappointment was to lead you to your divine appointment. Maybe the donkeys were meant to bring you face to face with the only one to take your seat The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And if you have never taken that seat, I want to invite you to do that today. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, let me pray for you today and pray with you today. If you're here today and you would be honest and say, Tim, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not in my place. And the reason maybe that you don't have your portion, that you don't have everything, that God's fullness in your life is because you're living your life out of place you're striving when you need to just be seated. You're working when you need to rest in what Christ has already worked out for you. On the cross, he said, it is finished. The meal is prepared. Everything you will ever need, your assignment, everything you'll need for it is done. All you have to do is sit down in your place and receive it. And if you're here today, you say, and you be honest, Tim, I'm not... I'm not seated with Christ. I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I just want to pray with you before we leave. I'm going to pray it out loud. And if you'll just, I don't know how you guys do it here, but if in this moment, if you'll just pray this in your heart, I believe God will hear it. He'll answer it. All right, now pray, pray it in your heart while I pray out loud. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you that while I was chasing donkeys, you were chasing me. While Saul was searching for donkeys, Samuel was searching for Saul. Thank you, God that while i was yet sinning christ died for me. father right now we just say yes to everything that you have for us in jesus to the lamb the only thing that can really satisfy me. i'm tired of chasing donkeys. i'm tired of believing that another another relationship, another job, another million, another dollar another promotion, another car, another whatever, another like on Instagram. I'm tired of thinking that I'll be satisfied if I just find me more donkeys. God, I want to find my place and I want to find satisfaction in you that comes from the inside out. So right now I say, yes, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me and wash me and let me start again. God, from the rest of my days, I'm not chasing donkeys. I'm following the lamb. In Jesus' name. And God, for those of us also who are here and we're already following you, some of us, we're following Jesus, but the truth is there's still some donkeys in our lives, some difficulties in our lives, some disappointments in our lives, some doors that we thought would open that got shut in our lives, and I just pray, God, you would change our perspective on them. I pray, God, that the right people would be around us so that when it happens that we would not lose heart, and I pray, God, that you would give us a greater appreciation of our portion That even when we walk through the valleys of the shadow, we realize that you are with us and you are more than enough for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to New Sound Church's weekly podcast. If your life has been impacted by today's message, we would love for you to share your story with us by emailing story at newsound.church. Join us again next week for another inspirational message from New Sound Church.